Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you not only how to make money while traveling the world, but how to attend and uh, you know connect with amazing people and amazing events during your travels as well. And on today's episode, I'm actually here live on location in Taipei, Taiwan, and uh, doing uh, some uh, blogging and podcasting, uh, connecting with the local people here, attending events. And that's the joy of traveling is to connect with the local people. And uh, one of the things we like to do is interview different experts different world travelers, different entrepreneurs from around the world on our show. And I have an amazing individual here on the show here today. His name is Fabio Aromatisi. Aromatisi. I apologize if I mispronounced it. And he's actually originally from Italy, but now he's based in the Philippines. And he's the founder of Story Nights Manila. And Story Nights is an amazing event series that started in Slovakia, Europe, and now it's spread around the world. And it's all about storytelling and, uh, you know, uh, inspiring people to tell their stories and uh, getting other people to hear and listen to their stories. And as travelers, this is what uh, it's all about. Uh, one of my favorite quotes about travel is, travel will leave you breathless. And then it will turn you into storyteller. So I'm super excited to learn all about storytelling from our friend here, Fabio. Fabio, how are you doing over there in the Philippines today, my friend? Hello, everybody from the Philippines. Uh, you are right, Ricky. Thank you so much for But sometimes traveling leaves you breathless. I just landed yesterday from Italy and after 40 years of travel, so I'm a bit breathless. But everything is traveling is absolutely great. And thank you. For and I've lost connection. Yeah, you're welcome. Man. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, we might have a little bit of a Wi-Fi uh, issues. Uh, you know, I'm here in uh, Taiwan and our uh, guest is in the Philippines. So unfortunately, the Wi-Fi might uh, have a little bit of lags, a little bit of hiccups or delays. But hey, life as a digital nomad, as a traveler means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So apologies if there's any issues there. We're not going to take responsibility. We'll blame the internet. <laughs> so Fabio, I would like to uh, get to know well, you a little better. Why don't we uh, hear a little bit about your story? Yeah. Why, uh, because this is all about storytelling. So it's best to hear your story first. Yeah. First of all, let me tell you that unfortunately, you're absolutely right. And one of the wonderful things, what five is not one. Unfortunately, it's supposed to be one of the worst in Southeast Asia, but improvisation is a big part of storytelling, and we need to come up with something uh, down the road. Actually, about myself, I am born in Italy, and I believe it or not, I have a Jewish background. I went to law school, and I have been for 28 years. And twelve hours a day and traveling a lot and but uh, I And here I am again. 
keep going, keep going, my Back friend. Back on. So three years ago, yeah, all right. I uh, was connections seem to be gone. So anyway, three years ago, my wonderful wife from Ipamat, and unfortunately, she had to quit her career to join me in Milano, where I was working and living back then. And uh, she came to me one day and said, "How about follow me around the world?" So I was at the top of my game. I was 53. I had a great job as the international director of one of the largest uh, exhibition centers in the world, in Milano. Uh, reconnected to um, the people in the Russian government, but the proposal was kind of a surprise. And uh, I said, fine, I'm in. And I jumped into this adventure. And so from somebody working 12 hours a day, almost six days a week, I moved from Milan to Vienna, not knowing what to do the next day. And that was kind of a beginning of a wonderful adventure. And uh, this guy here, just a small phone, and I started taking pictures around Vienna, and the pictures turned into a Facebook page, the Facebook page to over 50,000 followers about the city of Vienna. Then I wrote a book about the city of Vienna and ancient legends, legends and traditions and history. So imagine a guy, an Italian guy who just moved to Vienna, writing in English a book about Viennese traditions. So people, <laughs> I thought I was going to be crazy, but actually it turned out pretty well. Uh, 17 months later, um, my wife got assigned to Manila, and so July 31st, we moved to Manila, and uh, where my wife has a, a big, important job, serious one. And uh, I got to tell you that uh, we have, from time to time, um, had double standards because I am the plus one and I'm the husband. Uh, there are some people who think that might be something the package still in 2018, if it's the husband to follow. But um, this gave me a lot of time and gave me also the storytelling group that I was uh, to correct on something. I did myself in Bratislava. It was actually a guy from Oregon, uh, Bratislava, which is in a very small little country in the center of Europe. Then it moved to Vienna, and this is where I joined the group. And I was part of people telling stories at the very first event in Vienna. And once I moved uh, to the Philippines, uh, the guys asked me, why don't you open up uh, seven there in the Philippines? And this is actually a very interesting format because there are many storytelling groups. But this story is different. Um, I don't know if...
Already, I think we have a little bit of Wi-Fi issues. So unfortunately, this is the struggle when you're doing podcast interviews. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, I'm going to fill you guys in a little bit until uh, Fabio returns. Basically, uh, we are based in the Philippines as well for the next few months because my wife is from the Philippines and uh, her parents live there. So she wants to spend uh, some time with them as they're aging and the health is declining. And of course, it's good for our kids because they are... Uh, uh, part Filipino and a part Indian, of course. So they want to. Um, we want our kids to really embrace their Filipino ethnic identity, and of course, the Indian ethnic identity as well. So we are also in the Philippines, and uh, we are actually in La Union, uh, which is about five hours north of uh, Manila. So I look forward to visiting Story Nights Manila uh, in the future. They they do events about once a month. Uh, so, uh, Fabio, I was just filling them in a little bit about our journey in the Philippines. So you got cut off there. Uh, so you were talking about uh, the format, the format of Story Nights Manila. You talked about it spread from uh, Bratislava uh, in uh, Slovakia to Vienna and Austria, and now in Manila, Philippines, and also uh, a few other countries as well. And then you were going to share a little bit about the uh, format. How does it work, Fabio? Yeah. It's yeah, going to be bumpy road. I'm back. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, why did you share uh, about the format? Uh, of course, it's a different country, so I assume the format will be similar, whether you go to a Story Nights in Vienna, Story Nights uh, Bratislava, Story Nights in Bangkok. Uh, how is the format? Tell us about uh, what happens at a typical Story Nights event. Yeah, the format is actually to try and create a community, most of all. Of course, in the end, it's all about story, but for people feel it so. Uh, and uh, although it might seem very basic here in the Philippines, everybody's fluent in English. It's not the same thing in Europe. So uh, we have so many languages in such a little space, and therefore, or already. Furthermore, at the beginning of every meeting, we introduce to each. Everybody goes around the room and we say hello and we say where we're from and why people are coming and what do they expect from the story. And it's in Hungary, in Budapest. Uh, basically, it works if somebody has some storytelling here and has the desire to spread the elsewhere when he moves back to his country he can do that under some supervision from the group there is a, a central group it's not a headquarter but it's more like a, a network uh, where people help each other to stay genuine to the format because the idea is that we don't just tell stories uh, personal stories also we try and become friends happening in the philippines to some extent, we tend to adapt to the national challenges or the national uh, culture. 
but also we like to keep it very genuine compared to the original format. In the Philippines it was very easy because there is a very strong oral tradition. Usually in the Philippines it goes through the uh, female figure, the ate, which is the eldest uh, woman in the family, maybe the grandmother, which is surprisingly very similar to what happens in my training because I remember most of the stories through my family and therefore this really hooked up very well uh, to the culture in the Philippines. Uh, it was uh, a day one. I have to say uh, we developed a uh, um, page called Story Nights Manila and I have to say in less than two months without no paid promotion, just in order we got over 2,000 followers and wow. only in the city of Manila. Um, we, got, we got three meetings. We call them meetings because it's not a show. We are not there to show the capability of the storyteller. We're there to show what makes us human. We are there to tell personal stories and try and connect uh, from person to person, regardless of your background, regardless of your uh, growing up, regardless of your religion uh, or your culture. There are some basic elements that are so similar. It doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter what your background are. How do you relate to challenges? How do you family? How do you relate to uh, changes in your life? Uh, the first event, we never try to give a particular topic because we want people to feel comfortable and understand, get a, a better understanding of what storytelling is about. But then from the second one on, we try a large, uh, a large subject. So in our case, the second was uh, life, the journey, and there were very interesting stories, both you know, physical journeys, as you were saying before in the beginning, can be very life-changing, uh, especially when it's not just for a vacation, when you're, you're expat, when you're living abroad, when you're working abroad, uh, your brain gets wired. You're not the same person that you used to be. And even once you go back home, whatever your home is, uh, you're not the same person. And I'm saying this in a positive way, of course. Uh, it has to be because we... So I really hope my brain will be a positive way. Um, <laughs> but the story process, uh, uh, we it's short because especially we are not looking for professional storytellers. We're looking for good stories. We select them or we try to select them beforehand so people are encouraged to send the so that we ask uh, if the person can more or less uh, be on stage. Uh, especially Manila is a very large city, 14 million people and one of the most complex traffic uh, in Southeast Asia. So it's almost impossible to meet people beforehand or say, hey, I got a friend here. I want to meet him first and, and, and make sure that he can get on stage. So the only way we can do it is through a video and, and a small presentation of who they are and the presentation of the story and the title. So beforehand, we publish these uh, audition tapes online, so people can also get a glimpse of what they can expect in terms of people and stories. Uh, so I was saying event was about life is a journey. And the third one was about uh, family life. Uh, the next one, which is going to be please people in Manila and around Manila, add and down twenty. We're going to be talking about 50 shades of love. There are many kinds of loves in society today. Um, people pets. I love football, of 
course, and my team, uh, there are many different kinds of law. People have different shades of law. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a great topic. So I look forward to attending when we get back to the Philippines after we finish here with Taiwan. Uh, so uh, one of the questions I had for you, Fabio, is the vision. Uh, so, so Story Nights is currently in uh, quite a few places in Europe and in Asia. What is the big, big vision? Are you planning to uh, be in uh, every major city, every major country, every major continent? Will we see Story Nights Antarctica soon? Uh, tell us about the vision. Where is Story Nights going to go? And how are you going to get there? I'd love to hear a big picture vision. Yes, as I was saying before, it is not just me, of course, and I'm, I'm one of many. This is the beauty of it. There are many. The, the real founder uh, of Story Nights is Han Chan, and is the guy from Malaysia that started in, uh, in uh, Bratislava. But uh, we all get together online. And all met in person, at least those who are hosting the events in the different countries. So we do share the same vision and we do share the same dream, which is basically to, first of all, uh, create spaces uh, around the world where people can feel at home and tell their stories. And what is amazing, even in cities very difficult, once people get in the atmosphere, I people crying on stage. I've been, I've seen people in their lives, uh, but also I've seen people in the audience, uh, and there's no audience. People not stage uh, reacting in a very positive way and being encouraging and at the end of the story, you know, talking to the, the guys that have been on stage. So this is the first element of the vision, is trying to connect people uh, in a positive way, no matter where you're from, no matter your, where you're back, what, what kind of background you have. Number two, yeah, we want to have a, a very network all over the world. We're not the only, there are other groups, other networks, but our is specifically for Talking on non-profit personal stories, and also we try to keep it short. This is not a show. This is a moment when people can connect and relate to each other. When it comes to the Philippines, uh, within the major framework, I have uh, uh, another vision. Uh, I've been here since July 31st last year, and uh, I am traveling. This is a beautiful country. Um, I am overwhelmed by how warm people are, how, and I've traveled around the block quite a few times, I gotta tell you, uh, how open they are to people coming from all over the world and how kind uh, and, and, and friendly they are. Uh, but this is also a country that has made challenges and there are people who are in need and especially children. So this is the small idea that me and um, my Filipino friends, of course, I'm not alone here as well. I, I need to mention my partner in crime, who is uh, Carl, uh, Alexis Jinko. Uh, Carl is a Filipino and uh, he's the one with experience in pro theater and, and, and 
trained storytelling. He's an actor, a director, a teacher in the Philippine art school. Uh, I am the former mentor, so I try to keep things together, show run, uh, and everything develop on the net. And he is more into the acting element of it. Um, but also there are other people because uh, um, after only a month we were acting money, there was a lady in that story in Shu. Cebu is the city of uh, the Philippines. And she started Story Night Cebu. In country, this is a lot, of course, it's not as small as Slovakia uh, or, or uh, Austria. Um, but we are also looking to expand in the south because the Philippines uh, uh, are some very long number of islands. So in the north, the capital, where we are, it's say more. We also want to expand in the south. Uh, we're thinking about Davao and we're looking. So hello, Davao. Uh, if there's anybody interested, we are looking for you because we want to open the third uh, Philippines. Uh, Story nights, and once we have these three centers, we will be try and call for the first Filipino Federal Storyteller. Uh, it's incredible. There are so many groups in the Philippines, but there's no association, no federation. And most of my professional uh, previous life, 99 previous life, was about uh, industry associations, trade associations. So I try to put together people, and um, this is what I want to do. And once we achieve this association, I want us to be able to go to the government, local government, or even the central government, and ask for grants and money to go and volunteer uh, to schools uh, where children are in need, especially junior high school and high school, because storytelling can be a very powerful tool for or in. If you are, you got a lot of storytell to convince your clients in a good way, in a positive way, to be able to represent a situation in terms of the storytelling in a technical way, it's always a very powerful tool, no matter what. If you're storytelling, so to be in storytelling skills for a future profession, but also. For the younger kids that have maybe some problems in dealing with others, they, die, they don't know how to relate to other people. Storytelling some tricks in there um, in how to relate to others. And we have seen many people that were very shy on stage and then completely transformed when they were on stage. So if you can have a little bit of that in everyday's life, we think it can make a difference from a lot of them that feel are built, bullied the school that feel cut out. When you're in junior high, I was there, you were there a long time ago, uh, but you know that you feel, unless you're very talented and you have it in your own, but you feel to have some sort of support enough to with other kids. And so this is what we want to do. This is our vision, to help people. We're not here to make money because believe me, Story Nights doesn't make money. Um, the host actually lose a little bit, but uh, I am so proud to tell you that our executive, I refuse to lose money on any initiative, even this one. So at least we are on a break-even level. So this is good for us because also we involve uh, students from the arts here in the Philippines to help us out on the production. Uh, so we bring uh, music, we bring some uh, multimedia to the show. It is obviously about the people who get on stage, but it's also about 
the package. So we have a small movie, um, which is sort of like a trailer of a, of a film, a regular or movie film, that is introducing the right mood to the event. And then there is the picture of the storyteller and a small description. So we try and provide elements. So there are kids coming from the school where Carl, my partner, is teaching, and uh, they help us to run the show, they run the event. So they are ushering people. Uh, we are trying to sell our mugs, which are not a worldwide success, but you know it's picking up here and there. Uh, and they, we help uh, these uh, students to understand how to run a show. So this is part of their and also we try because this is a lot for them uh, to feed and, and to give them something to drink. So we need a little bit of money to do that. Other than that, we are not in for the money. We're in for the pleasure of seeing people getting on stage. And I would like you to ask me now, what are the best stories we heard so far in the Philippines? Yeah, you know, uh, thank you for sharing, firstly, about the vision. Uh, you know, the vision is quite incredible, uh, you know, to impact people, to make a difference, to give people confidence. And I love your whole mission about helping kids as well. Uh, having been in the Philippines many times, it breaks my heart to see uh, the kids begging, uh, you know, on the street. And it's very uh, uh, difficult uh, as a dad, a dad and uh, it's very difficult to see kids uh in that poverty, the cycle of poverty. So I'm, uh, you know, super excited to see about your vision and how it's going to unfold, Fabio. Uh, so uh, I know you have a YouTube channel with a lot of the stories uh, uh, from your previous events, but uh, because you asked me to ask you, I got to ask you what have been some of your favorite stories so far, Fabio. Thank you for the question. Very interesting. Um, I have to say that, uh, as I said before, we tried to screen some of the stories. Uh, not so much to censor, but to try and avoid uh, topics like uh, uh, politics. We want to stay out of politics. Uh, we want to stay out of religion per se. Uh, we're not against spirituality, of course, but um, in every country, and this country as well, uh, religion at times might be a triggering uh, topic. And uh, we want to keep a positive environment for everybody. Uh, so, there are a few suggestions that we provide and there are some tricks in storytelling that we suggest to every storyteller because, as I said, they're not trained storytellers. So, we always want to, uh, people to focus on the protagonist, which is themselves, the hero, the heroine of the story, the challenges that this person goes through, uh, the major uh, enemy or the major challenge that they had to face and hopefully to end up on a high note because this is also very important that at the end of the story people can connect on what they might learn and and what was the positive element that came out even of very very tough situations so apart from this it's an open game uh, yes there are some uh, stories about sex as well so we try to be open to this but uh, there are funny stories there are intense stories there are silly stories but two are very amazing were very amazing experiences to not just to me but for everybody who was in the room the first uh, uh, the first night we always try to keep a balance between local storytellers and international storytellers so uh, this is also a very important element about the um, format we have uh, of course, there's, we always receive more requests from the locals, 
but we try to favor the expats as well in the sense that we would like to keep it, if not a 50-50, 40-60 relationship. And also uh, a gender unbiased, so we try to have both men and women uh, present on stage. Um, but um, the funny thing was that this guy came on stage and he was from Germany. His name is Martin and Martin is 40-something, let's say. And uh, it's amazing when history with a capital H enters in your life because he told us the story of himself when he was seven years old and the Berlin Wall came tumbling down. He was on the eastern side of Germany, so he never saw in his life a pet store. And his first memory of when the wall came down, what happened was that the western part of Berlin gave to every person in the east 100 marks to go and buy whatever they wanted, to get a taste of what it was, say, freedom. In this case, it wasn't actually freedom, but it was to experience uh, the consumistic culture of the West. But for, for a kid who is seven year old and was never able to have money in his hands to get 100 marks and being able to go to the West side and say, buy whatever you like, it was like, oh my God, what is this? So he said, and it was very interesting, for me, democracy was the color of this wonderful tank full of colorful fish. He never saw tropical fish in his life. Also because television was black and white on that side of the, of the Berlin Wall. So he was staring at this big tank in a pet shop of fish. And, you know, you think about all the important changes about democracy, about people being free, about family being able to reconnect from the East and the West. But this is what personal storytelling is about. For this seven-year-old boy, the most important element was to be able to purchase colorful fish. And he will never forget that. Um, and then another story we had, and, you know, we were saying about kids before, and it was this young girl, about she's 25, 26. She's a Japanese Filipino, and her name is Mots. Mots uh, was telling a very personal story about uh, being abandoned by her dad and growing up without her father. And then she reached a certain age and she wanted to look for her father. So she went to Japan and she lost track of him and she started looking for her father uh, in Japan. But she entwined her story, her personal story, with what she was doing as a volunteer from scratch, and she's 25, 26, she created an association here in the Philippines to help kids with cancer, terminal cancer. It's called uh, Cancer Bands. She had no money, she had no training, but she wanted to help kids because she felt that when she was, she wasn't taken care of. And so she's telling us these stories about these kids. And even now, you know, not that not an eye was dry in the audience. We were all crying and she was crying. It was a fantastic moment. And at the end of her story, uh, the two of us, uh, Carl and myself, were trying to ask people to provide some support, financial support for her association. So this guy jumps on stage and we had no idea who he was and we never met him before. Uh, he wasn't Filipino, he looked Turkish or Indian, it was hard to tell. And so Carl is, a, I'm, I'm short, but Carl is a very big guy. So he was getting protective towards our friend because you don't know what happens in these, these moments. And so the guy took the mic 
and he said that he was uh, an executive from India, uh, from a very, I cannot name the company, but a very famous uh, pharmaceutical company. And he said he, was, he took his card and gave his card to me and to the girl, to uh, Mots, and he said he was, would do everything he could to provide for free as many drugs as possible uh, uh, to fight the pain for terminal patients of cancer. And he did, he followed through. It wasn't just the spur of the moment. We, we checked on him and, and he did. Uh, some were free, some were at a very, very low price. So, you know, all the hours we put into this organization and all the difficulties, because this is not a, a day at a picnic to put together a show like this in Manila. He paid off in that very moment. And believe me, it's hard to tell. I still, I still have moved right now. When I, when I think about it. So um, this is what storytelling does. It, it's connecting people, it's making things happen. It's, it's really uh, making the difference as you were saying before. Not every time, but uh, it does. Uh, and also there are funny moments. There, there are moments when this girl comes on stage and she has a Star Wars lightsaber with her. And so she starts uh, wielding the lightsaber because she's part of this group uh, here in the Philippines which I joined later, it's called Philippine Lightsabers. And we train every Wednesday uh, in lightsaber fencing. But she told us the story, she was, she was shy, she was coming from a small island in the Philippines and then she moved to the big city. Uh, she lived a very sheltered uh, childhood with a very strict Taiwanese mom. And uh, uh, how she became a young, open-minded woman through lightsabers. So there are stories like this which are very very interesting and we are very happy and we're very proud to be part of this which is beginning to be a small movement it's not about me or carl anymore it's about the, the tens of people that are sending messages that i want to be on stage that want to help us um, we've been already on uh, art plus magazine which is a very important uh, uh, magazine for contemporary art in the philippines we've been on radio shows now we're with you, we're very happy to be with you. Uh, we have been on, on blogs. Uh, so we must be doing something that's interesting to people. And uh, so this is also very encouraging for us uh, to expand and to go towards the, the vision to have, because this is not a full-time job, as you can imagine. So uh, we are trying uh, to put together bits and pieces uh, in, in a very large city, and now in two cities and coordinate with each other. I'm also proud to say that uh, together with uh, a young woman who's opening, who has opened already the Cebu operation, the story at Cebu, her name is Rachel. Uh, we are putting together a book because among many things, I'm also a writer. As I said, I wrote a book in English about the city of Vienna. I just finished a book in Italian, which I'm going to be launching in September in Italian about, this is a serious one. It's about my previous experience at work as an executive. But then again, we will be writing uh, together with Rachel a book about Story Nights Philippines. And maybe, who knows, maybe we do in the future a podcast about our stories because uh, uh, we want to spread the stories. There are some issues, of course, concerning privacy and concerning third parties because some of the stories are also about uh, uh, people that are not present on the stage. So we have to be careful about that. Um, but I think that some of the stories are definitely worth spreading in a multimedia way. So we opened a YouTube uh, channel recently. So if you guys are interested, some of you viewers are interested in seeing some of the stories, you can find them either on our website, 
which is storynightsmanila.com uh, or on the Facebook page. You can look for Story Nights Manila or even on the YouTube channel. So we are trying to make some of the stories available, the stories that we got permission for. Of course, we have to ask all, all the time. Um, my legal background is useful sometimes, still. Uh, but um, uh, I think we are, we are really at the beginning of a wonderful adventure here in the Philippines uh, and something that goes so well uh, between the European frame, uh, framework and the Philippines tradition uh, of oral tradition and storytelling. So we're very happy this is a country, as I said before, has many challenges, but has many people with a good heart. Uh, there are so many stories, Richard. There are so many stories in the Philippines, you would not believe it. Uh, some funny, some clumsy stories, some moon stories. Uh, so there's absolutely a lot of material uh, to, uh, to select from. And this is only the beginning. So once again, Davao, if you're listening, south of the Philippines, Mindanao, uh, uh, reach me. And Fabio Aromatic, your come through tonight's uh, and we are willing to help you out to begin your own story. And you will not regret it. It's simply fantastic how people connect and how they become friends outside uh, the story night's environment. I've seen it happen in Vienna and it's happening in Manila. It will happen again in Cebu. Definitely so exciting. And especially that those two stories you told were so, 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 so powerful. So if those are on YouTube, I'll have those links below so people can watch what happened with those incredible stories. Uh, Fabio, uh, I, I'm curious to know, uh, in terms of equipping some of our listeners and viewers here on the podcast, in terms of storytelling uh, for them, because a lot of people, they feel I'm not a good storyteller. And people tell themselves that I'm not a good storyteller. I wish I was a better storyteller. And no matter how good you are, no matter how much practice you've had, no matter how, how many stories you've told, you can always, 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 always get better. Uh, so from your wealth of experience and expertise in this topic, I would love for your insights on how we uh, as individuals can become better storytellers. Well, you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. Even people who got formal training, even people who've been on stage uh, tens or hundreds of times, they can always learn something new. And there's always a storyteller around the world that you can connect to. So I would start from uh, logging on to our website. There is a page which is FAQs. And in the FAQs, we provide some hints uh, to people. Um, and for example, as I said before, how to build your story before you get on stage. Many people you know, just running in their heads and they think, oh, I'm gonna go on stage and, and tell whatever I have in my head and I'm gonna improv. Doesn't work like this. Uh, you might be freezing once you've got a, the mic in your hands, you can get a little panic attack. Uh, we've seen it all. So it's always helpful to rehearse and actually speak out by yourself uh, before you get on stage. Number two is this is interesting uh, I would say quantum physics uh, uh, event that happens once you get on stage. You think only one minute went by when you're telling the story and you're on stage. Actually, five minutes went by for the audience. Doesn't matter how good you are. Time moves in a different speed once you're on stage. It, everything seems much slower. So you flat, you've been on stage one minute, you've been already five. So you really need to keep track in your mind of how much time you are on, on stage. Always end up on a positive note. This is a very good thing. 
focus on the main storyline. People tend to go and want to add so many subplots, like, you know, we are used on television and movies, but that's a different story. Uh, try and keep it simple. Try and, and help people understand uh, who is the protagonist, what this person has to go through, uh, what this person learns from these uh, uh, challenges, and what kind of person emerges at the end of the challenges. This is basically what we want people to, to understand. Then if you can get formal training, that would be also great. Uh, this is the only, actually, the only place where uh, our organization makes money from, but the school is in Slovakia. Uh, we teach storytelling, uh, we teach improv, um, but uh, there are many schools around. So if you like it, uh, my suggestion is try and go to a class and, and learn a little bit. But uh, everybody's a storyteller because as long as you speak from the art, art and your experience, uh, it's going to come through genuine. Uh, a lot of people want to put up a big show. A lot of people want to be the center of the attention. This is part of the game, yes. Uh, but if it's too much about you and not so much about the story, people in the audience can feel it. And nobody wants to show off these days. Everybody wants to be entertained. Everybody wants to be part of the big picture that you're drawing. And actually, if you're a good storyteller, you will disappear in the sense that it's going to be your story in the front. And yes, you'll be moving puppets from the background, but it's like a puppeteer. You don't see the puppeteer in the show. You just see the puppets. And the story are your puppets. So the better you are, the less relevant you become as a person. And of course, it's your words. And of course, it's your gesturing. As an Italian, as you can see, I, I tend to move my hands quite a bit, but that's also helpful uh, uh, in, uh, in telling a story to some extent, of course. Uh, so these are the first uh, hints I would provide, but don't be, don't be discouraged or don't be turned down if you never went on stage. I've seen in my personal short experience a lot of people getting on stage uh, for the first time and doing a fantastic job. And I've seen some people that were overconfident uh, be coming from business when they were uh, doing public speaking. But one thing is to talk about contracts and clauses of a contract that you studied and you know by heart. Another thing is to talk about your own difficult moments and maybe losing a loved one or going through depression or sickness, then it can be very tricky to tell uh, this to an audience. Awesome. Well, you know, you'll be definitely a great wealth of info, and I think you've definitely inspired us uh, to get involved with uh, your community, either in the Philippines or in all these other countries, because we have listeners from around the world. So, And uh, if you're thinking of starting up one, uh, maybe you can start up the first Cape Town, South Africa story, uh, or you can start one in uh, Buenos Aires or in Rio de Janeiro or in Mexico City or uh, in uh, you know other parts of the world that don't have it yet. Uh, so, uh, in conclusion, uh, how can people find out about Story Nights uh, in, as a whole, the organization, and also Story Nights if they want to start up one um, in any city around the world? Like, uh, can anyone start up one? What are the qualifications or requirements? And, of course, uh, if they're in the Philippines and if they want to get involved and attend yours, uh, tell us about that. Tell us about how they can start one and attend one. Well, if you want to start in the, in the Philippines, uh, the best thing is to contact me uh, or to contact our website, www.storynights.com. Uh, you can send an email at info at storynightsmanila.com. Sorry, storynightsmanila.com. Um, but if you are worldwide, then it's not in my hands anymore. You need to talk to Han, uh, our big boss in, 
uh, in Bratislava. And the best way to contact him is through Facebook. Uh, and there's simply a page that's called Story Nights. No other city, Story Nights. There's a white background. You look for Story Nights. You send the message there. You ask for Han, H-O-N. And I'm sure Han will be able to provide all the information you need. Uh, the only skills you need are uh, some free time, uh, some uh, managerial skill. More than acting, it's a manager is putting together people and maybe a, a, a Facebook page and going around and looking for a location because it's not so easy to get a venue for free. That's the point. Uh, first of all, thank you. Thanks to the guys at Pineapple Lab that have been hosting us for free for four times. This is a, a very interesting group of young people that are now launching themselves in the world of the arts. They host as a gallery uh, many artistical events. Uh, also, they are a small cultural center. So without them, uh, there would be no success of Story Nights in Manila because we would need a place to go. So I would say try and don't get discouraged if in the beginning uh, it doesn't work really well. Look for somebody else. Don't do everything by yourself. Without Carl, thank you, Carl, uh, I, I couldn't have done it at all. Uh, also, we have um, uh, another girl involved uh, in our group in Manila. Uh, um, her name is Blair, and Blair is a blogger from uh, Manila here, and she is helping us with the content. So the more the merrier, because also this is what Story Nights is about, connecting people on and off stage. So I found these two fantastic uh, individuals, and Rachel, the girl in, uh, in Cebu. Uh, I don't know, either I'm lucky, or storytelling is attracting very good people. Uh, one of the two, because wherever I go, Vienna, um, Bratislava, here, and Cebu, I always stumble into people with so many talents, uh, and, and just nice people that are willing to get together for the pleasure of making other people happy and helping them out. Awesome, and I'll have those links below if you're watching this interview on YouTube. I'll have those links below to Story uh, Nights and also Story Nights Manila. So uh, you can get involved either by being a leader, by being a storyteller, or by attending and supporting and connecting. So, uh, Fabio, once again, uh, thank you. Uh, I look forward to connecting in person at one of your upcoming Story Nights. And uh, thanks again for being on our show here today. Thank you, Rick, and thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Apologies, there was a little bit of a bad Wi-Fi at the beginning, but at the, uh, the end of it, it definitely got better. So apologies for the internet uh, issues. But hey, that's part of the journey. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, happy storytelling.